Hello, greetings, and welcome to the broadcast. I am your host, Maggie Cavanaugh, and today I have with me a brother in Christ, Mr. Mark Pogue. And Mark is a very impressive uh, individual. He is a songwriter, musician, uh, and and he's also married to a really awesome friend of mine, Mita. <laughs> so, Mark, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks. It's a pleasure being here, Maggie, and uh, just glad to to be part of the show. I'm super excited about having you on the show because um, you've got this new Christmas song that has been playing in my head and I absolutely love it. Just the name of it alone gives glory to God and the season of Christmas called Glory Came to Stay. I love that, Mark. Can you talk a little bit about what inspired you to write that song? Well, um, I never really saw myself as somebody that could that could write a Christmas song. But uh, I was challenged to to write a Christmas song, and as I as I began to to research and think about what I would say about Christmas that hasn't already been said a million times, <laughs> I uh, you know one of the things that's in my heart I believe that that uh, that God is bringing forth a uh, a bride in the earth, and that there's this. Uh, this process where he's trying to to make us without spot or blemish he's trying to to forge our character where we can hold more of his glory and i started thinking about the verse in john that said you know the uh, the word dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory is of the only begotten of the father and it just really connected with me and and so i uh wrote it from that perspective of of the glory of God actually dwelling among us. And that's what we partake of as we become Christians and the Holy Spirit comes inside. Wow. What a beautiful, beautiful song it is. I absolutely love it. I added it to my playlist. So it goes along with, uh, I was actually doing some Christmas trimming the other day and was playing it and oh. uh, love the lyrics. I love that. And Mita sang on the background, didn't she on that? Or She did. That's <laughs> absolutely. awesome. I have her singing on pretty much everything I do now. So. I love that. What a blending of, of, of a couple working together to bring God glory with their gifts and talents. That's absolutely mm -hmm. wonderful. We're no stranger to the music industry, and you started at quite a young age. So can you give us a little bit of background for those that aren't familiar with your musical years? Well, um, I was adopted, but uh, they were um, good enough to put me with a family that could give me um, a musical background and and put me in the right direction. So at nine, I was taking piano lessons. At 11, I began uh, playing guitar. And uh, almost as soon as I started playing guitar, um, I started to try to write. And it was something that was just, you know, inside me. It was an instinct. And it was something that helped me connect my emotions uh, and what was going on even in my life at, you know, 11 on, it helped me connect emotionally. Music helped me do that. And, uh, and it was, it was just a process, but in my, uh, teens, I mean, I went through, through band and, and played drums actually through band, high school, college, and, uh, as well as guitar and, uh, started winning some some song contests and and being uh, a finalist in things like like rock to riches and the american song festival and and uh different things but at the time when i finally got married 
music had had taken such a prominent place in my life, it was the most important thing. Mm. And uh, that really put a, uh, a damper on, on my marriage and actually brought us to the point of divorce. And, uh, you know, that was, that was the time that, that, uh, you know, that kept me seeking and, uh, you know, particularly being, being, uh, an orphan or, or being adopted, there's already a, a, a thing of rejection that you're battling. Sure. And, uh, you know, so that, that hit me hard. And, uh, <clears throat> I remember one day the, the Lord just hit me with a verse and this is when I was still unsaved. He hit me with, with a verse and I didn't know what the verse was when I went to look it up. It said, there's a way that seems right to a man, but that way ends in death. And, uh, that started to put the fear of the Lord in me. And uh, I started to realize God is, is trying to get a message across here. And, and uh, he really brought me to the place uh, where I was ready to repent. And my parents actually sent a minister of music from, from uh, the church that they went to. And he led me to the Lord uh, as I was going through the divorce uh, with who I'm now remarried to, <laughs> Mita. So as I was going through that divorce, he, he uh, led me to the Lord, and that started out my, my journey of knowing God. Wow, that's beautiful, Mark, because what a story of restoration. Mm. And, and I get that. I, and I, I understand, you know, being adopted and, um, and, even, and even some of us that grew up with an absent parent and things like that, there is that sense of orphan mentality that we have. So when we hit those life circumstances, I mean, it hits us hard and it takes the Lord to get in there and restore uh, some things and teach us about who we are. So that's absolutely beautiful. How long were y'all divorced? For seven years. So. Wow, I didn't the, realize it was that long. Wow. It was um it was seven years to the to the month, even. Um wow. so your completion. <laughs> it, yeah, it was it and God has moved in, in sevens and in other areas too, but uh I had no idea it was gonna take that long or anything about it because when I first uh you know started digging into the word and I just gotten saved. I reached the Malachi three where it said, God has been a witness to you that you have uh, dealt treacherously with the wife of your youth. And, and all of a sudden the words blew up on the page in front of me and he convicted me. I started sweating. My heart started beating quick. And I realized that I had uh, offended the heart of God. Mm. <laughs> and so I, I broke at that point and just said, God, if, if there's a way that this could be changed, I would do it. Mm. And he wow. said, and he said, okay, I'll hold you to your word. And he let it go. And, you know, actually the divorce went through and, um, you know, it, uh, we even had a child custody case going. My wife beat me and cost me and my parents a ton of money and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there's always, there was the, the, uh, I guess the ability to have taken offense and to have said, well, this God stuff doesn't work, but God never left me. He kept telling me that, you know, I'm going to restore your marriage. And so I had to believe it, even though there were times when it seemed like everything had failed, you know, at the very beginning I was taking my lawyer's advice and that was 
that probably burned more bridges and hurt any trust that I had with my wife sure. at that time, uh, following a, a lawyer's advice. And uh, then at the end of the day, when she had won custody, um, you know, God was still saying, you know, follow me and mm -hmm. trust me with this. And my parents didn't understand it. My relatives didn't understand it because God didn't tell them he was going to restore my marriage. He told me. <laughs> so I, I was the one that had to believe and keep going. So, um, so it was, uh, it, it was a journey and there was a lot of principles and a lot of things that he told me to do that were totally against the grain. Uh, I remember going through a, a time of revival where a, a, a group came to the church that I was at and they really dug deep and, and, uh, and they, uh, had a, I went to my parents and asked for forgiveness for the rebellious years when I was disobedient. And I went back to meet my wife who we were already divorced. And the only uh, time I saw her is uh, every other weekend when I go to pick up our, our daughter for a visitation. And I uh, got with her and, and sat down in front of her and I'm sorry. <clears throat> But I asked for her forgiveness for, uh, for being a, a husband that, that took her for granted and being, not being there mm -hmm. for her. And, um, and God used it in a, in a miraculous way because there's something about humbling yourself yes. that, that causes the defensive walls to fall down and, and it's hard to fight against somebody who humbles himself before you. And um, so all along the way, there were, there were things where, where God instructed me to do things that were not comfortable, but uh, I knew I got to know who God was. I got to know his character. I got to know that, that he has a heart of love and a heart of restoration. So, um, so eventually after seven years, it actually took a prophetic dream to get her to wake up to the same idea. I, I got to lead her to the Lord. At that time, she reached out to me because I was there was enough of God in my life that, that she reached out and trusted me. And that was the weekend. Uh, she came up to a concert where I was playing with Morgan Cryer in, uh, in uh, Oklahoma. And uh, she uh, gave her life to, to the Lord. But she was still at that time not thinking I want to get back together with this guy that I divorced. So, uh, you know, it, it was another three years later after that, that, uh, you know, that she had a prophetic dream and, and uh, it was a destiny dream where, you know, God showed her that, that her destiny was with me. So. Wow. Wow. I mean, I knew a teeny tiny bit of all of that, but not the whole deal. So when you were married the first time, y'all weren't serving the Lord. No, no. In fact, I remember a church, uh, people, you know, how that people used to come to your door and invite you to church and that kind of thing. Not so much anymore, but, you know, maybe sometimes they do. But uh, they came to the uh, to our door. My wife was drinking wine, watching TV, smoke, chain smoking cigarettes. And I didn't even have a shirt on and I had my guitar because I was playing scales <laughs> and stuff while watching TV. I mean, it was just like. I don't think he even want to come in here because they were like <laughs> drinking and smoking and you know watching 
you know, whatever on TV. I don't even remember what it was. But, uh, you know, it's funny when when uh, people, you know, that you know are Christians and you're not, you know, you're trying to keep them away because you're like thinking, oh, this is not going to be a good situation. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we weren't serving the Lord in any stretch of the imagination. Wow. So I, and that, you know, that right there, if you're watching this and, and you're struggling in your marriage, you know, uh, Christ has got to be the center. You know, the Bible talks about a threefold cord is not easily broken. And I whenever I work with clients, I always do the, the triangle thing of here's you, here's God. And the closer you get to God, the more closer you come together. And what a beautiful picture of uh, redemption, because the number seven means completion. And so those seven years of you trusting and believing the Lord, uh, wow, what a cool testimony of his goodness. But, you know, I, I, it's interesting, Mark, because do you think that if you guys would have gotten back together, like within that first year, um, that you would still have went through all of the things you went through as individually as a, as a man and a husband to see that? Or, or do you think that you needed that time for the Lord to really deal with your heart? We definitely needed that time because we were, we were both immature, both self-centered. Uh, and I think that it took that amount of time to get enough of, of God in me. And to, there's things that you learn along the way in your journey with God as you, as you get to know him. There's things that are invaluable that change the way you think, change the way uh, you walk because you learn how to, to walk with him and trust him. Amen. Amen. That is so good. I know you've spent a lot of time in prayer this week and, and that you are a man of prayer and definitely seeking uh, the, you know, the Lord's uh, to speak to you and so forth. What has he been speaking to you lately? Well, um, so I was praying yesterday. I mean, I, I, tip, I mean, my day always starts with, with, uh, with, with God and with, uh, you know, worshiping, with praying, reading his word. Uh, and that's something that I haven't always had the luxury of. There were you know, times when I, when I had to get up at five and go to work and work 10, 12 hour days. But it, um, that was a, a different part of my life. I'm kind of in a season now where I've, I have more time to be able to spend with God. And I always told him that I would, if I had the ability to, that if I had more time that I would be spending it with him. So that's exactly what I do. And I do it because I love to. Uh, I love it way more than music. Now it's hard for me to sit down and want to practice and, and play because I'd rather be spending time in the presence of God. <laughs> so it's funny the way things, things, your priorities begin to change. But as I was praying yesterday, um, God impressed that, that there may be somebody who watches this, this broadcast uh, named Brenda. And that she's suffering with some kind of condition. And uh, the Lord was just revealing to me that, that he wants her to know that he is willing and wants to restore and, and heal whatever condition that she is struggling with. Uh, even now, while she's watching this, if she wants to just receive and, and pray, God, that's me. I receive the healing that you said is for me then uh, just uh, pray that uh, that he would quicken her spirit and quicken her body. And uh, I usually don't move in these kind of uh, 
these kind of words, but I'm obedient if God speaks it to me. And so, uh, you know, if if you do get healed, if you're if you receive that healing, please let let Maggie know so we can all rejoice and celebrate yes. God. I love that. I love that how God was just so clear because um, you probably don't know a Brenda any more than you know Adam's house cat. You know, so no. uh, I love that. And and I you know I believe Mark that as we become more intimate with him, then, you know, he, God's always speaking. We're just not listening. <laughs> We're just on, you know, on the go. And, and at least I, and I'm speaking about myself here. Um, most of us are, you know, we, we have our time with the Lord and, but we've got to be in this time and season. We have got to be tuned in like frequencies of listening to what he's saying throughout the day. Cause he is trying to get messages through us to encourage the body of Christ. Uh, a lot of people walk in a lot of discouragement and uh, they're in need of an encouraging word. There needs words of affirmation. They're in need of encouraging song lyrics uh, because a song lyric can go in there and and change just just the power of the words of that itself mixed with the metal melody and all of that it is life changing that's why uh, music is universal and there is it's just everybody is it's such a beautiful gift that god has given some he hasn't given the gift to me i wish he would have but he gave it to my <laughs> brothers and you know so forth but um you know your your album through the fire that is almost like a testimony isn't it of what what god has done over the years it is, uh, as I was telling you before the, the broadcast, uh, through the fire, there was, there was a time, actually it was kind of at the pinnacle of, I'd had a record deal, I had five top 10 hits off the first album, Restoration, which I wrote uh, celebrating the restoration of, of my marriage. But it was like right after that, I heard the Holy Spirit say, you know, I want you to put this, this, uh, this Isaac on the altar, I need you to lay it down uh, because you're not going to be able to continue this restorative, this restoration process and be on the road all the time while your wife's at home. So, uh, so, and I felt like he was saying that he was going to raise up something later that was going to be a greater impact, a greater anointing. And uh, I don't think that's just for me. I think it's where God is leading his people, his, the yes. body of Christ. And uh, so I did, I, I laid, I got out of the music industry, got regular jobs and uh, discovered that it's not as easy when you're working outside of your calling, when you're working outside of, of the things that come easy for you. Um, you know, it's, it's not as easy. No longer was I surrounded by Christians traveling on buses and flying around singing gospel music to, you know, adoring fans. <laughs> I was, you know, getting lambasted and ridiculed and, oh. and uh, yelled at and, and, you know, and all kinds of things. I had all kinds of, uh, of work experiences. I shared Christ with, uh, I shared Christ with one person uh, at work and ended up getting demoted uh, out of a heart to try to help him and his marriage he uh, took offense that that uh, that I wanted to tell him how to how to do anything with his marriage, and he uh, he uh, complained to the the people that own the company. I ended up getting demoted and went through through years. I, I ended up working in that company for like seventeen years, and it was a uh, 
uh, I was kind of seen as a glorified garbage man because I picked up shred containers from from banks and different places, and uh, you know we'd go back and, and shred the the material and that kind of stuff. So everybody called me garbage man. Oh, the garbage man's here! Everybody get their paper and stuff. So I went from I went from uh, you know playing for uh, Christians and people that loved what you do and and respect what you do to people who see you as a as a garbage man or i work landscaping throwing mulch in people's yards and of course then you smell like cow manure when you go into a place to eat and you know so people are like moving their tables away from you and stuff i mean i just had a lot of work experiences that really uh caused me to to uh i guess to be humble and uh, at, at a certain point, it seemed like uh, my Christian life and the expectations of what I thought Christian life should be kind of hit the wall like a race car driver who spins out, hits the wall and, and just crashes. You know, I, at one point I lost all my jobs. I was, uh, uh, see, I lost my, my job at, at work. I lost my uh, gigging job I had for a, uh, with a, uh, an artist that I really loved and adored and uh, uh, lost my my uh, position at church because a pat new pastor came in whose children were worship leaders. So it's like I lost everything all at once. I was out of work for like 10 months. And the thing that bothered me worse was was uh, that that I lost that gig because, you know, that was something that I had treasured that I felt like I had worked all all the years of my life to be able to achieve and it was just like it all ended all at once and uh really sent me into a depression and uh and it was during that time i discovered god doesn't attend pity parties number one but as i started to to draw near to him and grapple with you know the fact that everything does work together for good um he began to reignite uh, writing in my life again and, and told me, you know, uh, actually it was through my wife, Mita, uh, told me it was time for me to, to do another album. And uh, so I felt like the fire, the things that were coming in to forge my character, to change me so that I could hold more of God, that was what was going on in my life. And I had to get to the point, like the disciples, when, when Jesus said, unless you drink uh, my blood, eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me and all these all these people left and he turned to his disciples and said you know what about you are, are you going to leave too and they said you know there is nowhere else no one else that has the words of life but you lord and we have to come to that place where you know if if you can give up got you're going to reach that place where you you know you could give up but you can't give up if you really know who god is and you've come to trust him uh, you know that he is the one with the words of life. He's the only one that can carry us through. He's the only one that loves us truly with unconditional love. So I wrote that that whole out of, album out of out of that experience. And uh, I really feel like he continues. He's continuing to to bring fire to the body of Christ, because I don't think it's we can we can no longer just go to church and listen to good sermons and be happy that we heard a great sermon and that we're living uh, 
in revelation knowledge and, and God has told me it's not what you know, it's what you show. Mm. So we need to turn outward. We need to let the light shine. We can't let it stay within the four walls. And I think the culture has suffered because we have stayed predominantly in the four walls. I mean, and they've, they've been resistant. Yeah. They've been resistant because they felt like we were judging them, but they need to know that, you know, none of us are without sin. We've all come from a place of brokenness. And the good news is that Jesus can do it for them too. Amen. He can save them. He can restore them. And uh, we're witnesses of, of that fact. Wow. That's so good. I feel like I've been to judge. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. I had a little bit of technical issues going on there, but that was so good. I'm glad you kept going with it because I could hear it and it, and it definitely administered to my heart. And so if you're watching this broadcast and you think that whatever, wherever you're at, whatever you're going through, that you've gone too far, you know, we are here to tell you today that it is not too late and that Jesus is the answer. And you can reach out, reach out to Mark. You can reach out to myself and we would love to share with you the love of a Savior, uh, who, he, he loves you incredibly. The depths and love of God is like nothing else, but he doesn't, he loves us so much. He doesn't want us to stay in our mess and he does bring redemption and he does bring restoration. And uh, so I'm so glad that he used that album project as an opportunity to do a deeper work in you and then coming out on the other side and that he's using the things that, you know, kind of reminds me of, um, uh, Romans 8, 28, that, you know, which is one of my life scriptures. I absolutely love it. But talking about that he does all things for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So here you are, you know, highly esteemed as a musical artist. And then that humbling experience and going through the divorce. But then yet the restoration is just right there showing that the goodness of God, that he never left you or forsaked you during any of that time. And I love how he gave you the encouragement to stand on his word, even when it didn't look like, you know, anything was changing, even when probably people were going, why, Mark, just give up and move on. You know, I mean, it's mm -hmm. it's been five years. It's been six years. It's been, you know, but yeah, you stood. And now um, watching the two of you, you've got such a beautiful marriage and it's a ministry of the goodness of God pouring through both of you. So I just absolutely love that. And I appreciate you being transparent enough to share that story, because I think you're right. I think the culture has uh, not changed the way that it should, because we have not allowed the transparency of our brokenness out into the world. You know, they see us, um, you know, they see us as just hand pointers, you know, uh, they don't understand, oh, those church people and so forth. But it's his redemption that works through us that is the testimony. And, you know, the word talks about the, it's the testimony, it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Yes. And so he led you into that place. And Mita just logged on. She said he was so steadfast. Yes, amen, sister, amen. Mm -hmm. So it, what a beautiful story. And you you guys should consider writing a, a, a book together. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. I know that Mita's a very gifted writer. Uh, you guys could write that story and it could bring healing to a lot of people because some people are standing and believing for the redemption of their marriage or maybe just that, you know, uh, they're healing or maybe just, you know, to overcome some tragedy. And it's, it's testimonies like this one, Mark, that makes people go, ah, yeah, okay. They did it for, God did it for them. He could do it for me. And he will. <laughs> and 
and he yeah. will. That's right. He is no respecter of person. So right. I absolutely love it. And for those of you that are just logging on, I'm talking today with Mark Pogue, a very uh, gifted songwriter. And I want you to go to his website. I want you to check out of the website. But most importantly, I want you to download the music because I am all about music with the meaning. And, you know, the Through the Fire is definitely a testimonial type of thing that was written from a place and birthed from a, a place of restoration. And you need to check it out. But I also want you to go download Glory Came to Stay and put it on your Christmas playlist. Share it with your friends. You know, it's really cool. You can send people songs. So you guys can go and you're probably thinking, okay, oh, I'd like to buy some little gift for somebody. And I don't know. I don't want to go to the post office. I don't want to have to deal with all that. Send them the gift of music. Send them some of Mark's music and they will be encouraged throughout the Christmas season. And then also through uh, further on, because it's uh, definitely good stuff, Mark. You did good. So uh, for those of you watching on Creative Motion and do not see uh, the chat, it is Mark Pogue, P-O-U or P-O-G-U-E dot com. That's Mark P-O-G-U-E. G-U-E.com. And you can go, he's on all the platforms of, you know, Spotify and Apple Music and all the different, different places where you can purchase his music. And uh, so Mark, you know, I always leave the broadcast with uh, a word of encouragement to the audience. And I always ask anyone I interview, if you can leave the audience with a key, doesn't have to be the key. We know Jesus is the key that unlocks all the doors. But if you could leave the audience with a key, what would that key be? I had thought uh, different things, but the thing that, that has been coming back to me this morning is uh, just pursuing that love relationship with, with Jesus and how he changes you in that process. I was just thinking of, of how I got out of, out of the depression as it was, as you draw close to, to God, he draw, as you draw near to him, he draws near to you. And, uh, you know, as you behold him, as you behold his presence, you're changed from glory to glory. As you read the word, your mind is, is, is washed by that water of the word and you begin to see things from heaven's perspective. That's the way I began to, to, see, to see victory, to be able to see a change in my life. When I was um, in those seemingly never-ending uh, cycle of, of horrible jobs, it was through giving to someone else that I was able to come out of that. It was, uh, my mother was going through, uh, beginning stages of dementia. And I took all my sick time. I took all my family leave time and was going back and forth to, from Nashville to, to Houston to try to take care of her needs. And in the process of all that, God has brought me into a, a different place where, where, uh, things have changed for the better. And I have more time that I spend with him. I have, uh, I have more that I can do. I have, I can take part in these kind of broadcasts. Uh, so if you're struggling, if you're even struggling in your Christian walk saying, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. The, the answer is in that love relationship with Jesus, because as you draw near to him, all these other things begin to fade away and drop off. And he just begins to show his glory and share his glory with you. And that's the hope that's within us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. And that's what we have that the world needs. Amen. Amen. Well, you heard it right here out of the mouth of Mark Pogan. That is good stuff, Mark. Really good stuff. I'm so uh, encouraged that now that you've went through that season, 
that you're on the other side of it. And now you get to hang out with the Lord, hang out with your family, write beautiful songs unto the Lord. And it's just really, it's, it's life transformation. And uh, so listen, y'all, like we said before, God is no respecter of person. So if you have any questions about his music or uh, want to know more information, go to his website, check it out. Make sure that you also follow him on YouTube. Uh, the song that I was referring to earlier is uh, Glory Came to Stay. So just go to YouTube type in Mark Pogue, it will come up and uh, definitely make sure that you download some of this music for yourself and for someone you love. So Mark, I want to thank you for taking time to be on the broadcast today. Thank you. It was a privilege and um, just uh, happy to be able to, to speak to the viewers and remember arise for your light has come too. So I want to tune in and see you the next time. Amen. Amen. That's so encouraging. Well, listen, y'all, I hope that you have an amazing day. I hope you have a blessed Christmas. We are, we are filming this in December 2nd. So we are in the height of Christmas season. Uh, let God arise in the season. So make sure that you go get the Christmas song to encourage you. And uh, we, we love you guys. We'll see you next time on Keys to Your Best Life. God bless. God bless.